Okay, guys, it's bang on eight o'clock. We'll get cracking. So first thing, good evening, Jamie. Welcome to the podcast. Good evening. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm very well yourself. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Just uh, just taking in all that Boris has just said. So, uh, yeah. 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 Any, any particular highlights or lowlights in there for you? Uh, nothing really. I mean, I think, you know, with all the stuff that's in the in the press at the minute, you kind of get a flavour of what's going to get announced before it gets announced. You, you kind of already know what's going to happen. Um, I think the thing that kind of hit home when he set out the the kind of the two-month piece, um, and you think, oh, does that basically mean it's pretty much another two months worth of lockdown is, is kind of the negative I took from it. But obviously, you know, there are, there are some, store, some small positives in there, I suppose, and I guess they'll keep reviewing that over that next two months and you know, you never know. Think things could accelerate quicker. They could slow down quicker. But for okay. me, uh, you know, I think we're better, better off the way we are at the minute until those numbers get right down to the bottom. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah, yeah cool. So, um, Jamie, you've been a member now at the Academy for pretty much bang on four years, isn't it? Just pretty over much. now. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was sort of July. Oh, your story sticks in the head has been uh, July the 4th um being independence day that was the thing that was okay. one of the first sessions i did was on july the 4th it was either the the welcome meeting or something was specific on that july the 4th i remember that so, so yeah. do you not start a little bit early because didn't you do born survivor that year 2016 yeah i think it was um and that would have been around about the second weekend in may and you've been, been coming for a yeah, number of weeks so i think you must have started in april of 2016 yeah possibly possibly there's just something maybe there's something maybe the july the July was sort of the age. You just like American stuff, don't you? That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's what I go off. So, yeah. 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 The, the, the proximity to the nearest American holiday. American holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Cool. So, obviously, that's how long I've known you and, and, and most Academy members will have known you, but there was 35-ish years of Jamie prior to that. Give us a potted summary of Jamie from uh, New Year's Day 1981 through <laughs> to whenever it was in 2016 that we met. Um, okay, that could take a while. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll skip through most of the school years. They, they were pretty uneventful, to be honest. Um, I think the thing for me, probably to, to keep this to a kind of a health and fitness perspective, um, when I started work, um, so I work in the IT industry. Um, I've worked in the IT industry now for 23 years, something like that. I've been at the same company now for about 18 years. Um, and it's, it's been a great career. I finished school um, and I went to work to, at Macclesfield Hospital in the IT department. Um, so I worked there for, for a year or two. Uh, then I went to uh, a reseller, as they're known, and a reseller would then resell IC, IT services to the likes of the hospital and, and kind of other places like that. Um, and I'd say that's where the health would actually probably start to deteriorate. So I was uh, a junior consultant at that point. Um, so I was driving up and down the country, uh, you know, I'd, I'd pack my bag on a Sunday night and I wouldn't be home till, you know, late on, on a, on a Friday at best. Um, and during that time, while I was away, um, eating, probably drinking a bit too much. If there was, if there was a few of us on site, um, that, that kind of happened quite a lot. Um, but yeah, diet wise, it was awful. But at the time I was fairly young, obviously I was sort of 18, 19, something like that. Exercise was just not in my thing i just didn't do any of it whatsoever um so there was a lot of eating that went on um really bad sort of stuff um and then kind of moving as kind of my career progressed um i moved to this the company that i'm with now um career accelerated started to earn more money um but actually i was doing more time away from home again 
Um, and again, it was, I think, probably one of the low points. I do remember sitting in a hotel room with a, with a KFC uh, bargain bucket um, to myself, which was probably enough to, to kind of feed a family of four. But to me, that was like, well, I'm, I'm away from home. That's, that's what I'm going to eat. And at the time, I didn't really see the, the kind of the weight piling on. Um, probably roll around to sort of, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, something like that, when, you know, well, something like that it was when Maisie was born. Um, just before that, sort of uh, me and Jenny had, had bought our first house. Um, and I think most people go through that thing where you buy your first house, it's all very new, it's all very exciting. And then you quickly realise that you can't actually cook for yourself. Um, takeaways became the norm. Um, Brown Street Chippy was was a was a regular. <laughs> uh, the chicken fried rice uh, with gravy, which is a, sounds really disgusting, but it's actually really nice. Um, not anymore, obviously. But um, so yeah, that that was a regular thing for us, and I mean regular. So we'd probably you know maybe three four times a week, something like that. We'd we'd have some form of takeout, but then even when we did cook something, it was never great anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, the weight just just kind of piled on and on and on. Um, Maisie was born and again you kind of roll on to that next thing oh we've just had a newborn it's difficult let's just get a takeaway let's just do this that and the other uh, and again the weight just just kind of goes and goes and goes to the point where I think at my worst I was probably pushing probably nearly 20 stone I think at one point uh, was was probably the peak that I got to um, I mean during that time I had tried to do things so I'd, I'd tried different diets all the latest fad diets I mean this is it's much similar to kind of what Lee was saying on his podcast I think I pretty much ticked all the ones that he did so whether it was the Atkins diet uh, the celebrity shakes uh, fasting um, you know all of the all of the ones that you see um, and I think for me my problem always was um, I'd I'd do something and I'd set myself a bit of a goal or a bit of a target to do it. And once I'd hit that goal or target, that would be it then. I wouldn't reset the goal and go, okay, well, I've done that now. Let's go again and try and get a better result from it. I'd always get to the point of going, well, I hit that goal. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, you know, if I think about some of the exercising that I used to do, so um, there's a couple of mates who used to go running quite a lot. And there's a field that's just near my house. And one of the goals I set myself was I want to be able to run one lap around the field. Now, the field is probably, it's Congleton Field. So there's probably like four football pitches in size on there. So um, for me, doing one length of that at the time was was hard enough. Um, but I got to the point where I'd, I'd go most nights and, you know, every week I'd go around. And eventually I got to the point where I did one complete lap. I never ran that field again once I did it. And that was it. It was done. It was like, well, I've done that now. Instead of thinking, well, do one and a half or, you know, try and push for two. No, I'd, I'd done it. So, and that was a common thing for me. You know, I'd, I'd buy that. I'm always wasting money on pointless gadgets and things like that. So I'd, I bought a bike and I thought, well, okay, I'll do a bike and I'll, I'll get to a certain distance. And the next minute the bike's sat in the garage gathering dust. And that was just a common thing. But all the while, I mean, you talk about it a lot. Um, all the while things were just getting worse and worse I was making no improvements and if anything I was you know I was stopping and then getting far worse and worse um, and I guess really um, I, can't, I couldn't see any way back from that um, before joining the academy I had made some real sort of conscious efforts around what I was eating um, I was using my fitness pal uh, before I, I kind of started probably not as religiously as what I have done since but uh, I was being a lot more conscious and I had actually started to lose quite a bit of weight before joining the academy but I, I got to that same thing okay I'd hit that let's plateau and I just kind of bumbled along um, and then Facebook started lighting up 
um, with the academy. I'm not quite sure why. Um, yeah, don't know. It's all that money you probably spend on marketing, I suppose. But, uh... Well, yeah, I, I recently <laughs> shared with, with Jamie and Lee, um, I found the the Facebook Ads Manager app is updated. So it now shows you the first thing right at the top, your total ad spend, so how much we've spent on ads. Uh, and over the years, it's obviously added up to quite a lot, and that's absolutely fine because it's been worthwhile. I can see the return on investment, the number of members we've got, and therefore the number of lives that have changed. And it was a fair whack, uh, but I was double whammied by the fact that I realised that I have got a couple of different accounts on there. There's only one that we currently use, but there was the same again on a different account. So uh, it was a substantial investment, but it worked. We got you at the very least out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well worth it, well worth it. Um, and yeah, and I think, you know, I was, I was kind of coming up to that point of, of starting to see some of those adverts. Um, there were some changes, um, you know, within the family, um, you know, in terms of health and things like that, which made me actually really start to focus that I actually needed to start um, taking a bit more care of myself so that, you know, I can do the things that I, that I kind of want to do. Um, so that that kind of gave me another spur to, to kind of, okay, need, need to really think about something to, to kind of get a grip on this um, and, and do something about it. Um, so yeah, the, the adverts kept popping up, the emails kept popping up. Uh, I'm not sure how long I probably looked at them. It was probably only, it probably wasn't as long. I think Lee said he, he did a couple of years where he was back and two and stuff like that. Um, for me, it was probably a couple of months worth of just re reading things, reading some of the blogs, um, just wanting to know a little bit more about it, uh, particularly the £20 challenge. Again, that mindset that I've got, I was looking at it going, well, £20 challenge, I could lose £20, that'll do. Um, and But sub subconsciously, I was obviously thinking, well, I'll do the £20 and then that's £20 done. I can move on to something else then. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's when those ads, you know, sort of got a grip of me at that point. So, I mean, you kind of half answered this already, but the various approaches and things that you tried over the years. Um, firstly, actually, before we get into perhaps why they didn't work for you long term, was there any sort of pattern in those that did and didn't work short term? Were there some that you didn't get anywhere with, some that you had an amount of success and then it went backwards? Yeah, I'd say the, um, the Atkins one, um, you know, which is just the uh, just pretty much cutting out carbs completely. Um, and focusing on on kind of a pure sort of protein diet. Um, again, I think Lee mentioned it as well, where you're having sort of a full English for breakfast and and stuff like that. It sounds amazing, bacon for breakfast every morning. Who doesn't want that? But actually, a week or two of doing that, it, it's not sustainable at all. Um, yes, that did work. It, it definitely did work. I probably lost, uh, I don't know, maybe half a stone, something like that, over a period of time. And yeah, it it, it was working. But it from a you know from a, the way that I felt it was awful you know the first couple of weeks of doing something like that it, it's it's just not natural at all for the body to to kind of cope with that you know zero carbs it you're just left exhausted um the worst one i did uh was the celebrity shake one um it wasn't the celebrity shake one it was a similar sort of similar sort of thing where you'd have a you know a, a shake based on water as well which was just awful um and i convinced myself again that actually this was the right thing for me because uh, I was out on site still at the time. Um, you know, I could I could have a load of shakes in the car ready to go. I could take one in the morning, do my day's work, head back to the hotel, have another one, 
um, and, and do it that way. But no, that it just it didn't work at all. And I think I managed maybe two days of something like that. And I just, A, because I just couldn't concentrate at work properly. I just, I was that hungry. I was focusing more on the fact I was hungry than actually dealing with a, you know, business's IT system, which is not, not good to be doing that. So, um, so yeah, the, the, you know, Atkins one was successful, but actually realistically it wasn't. Uh, and the Celebrity Shakes one was a total failure for me. Um, and then exercise-wise, you mentioned obviously running there. Have you done much in the way of sort of gyms and that type of Yeah, exercise? I've never never really joined a gym properly. I had a, a membership at the, the Mac Ledger Centre for a period of time. Um, I was going with a couple of mates, um, probably like m- most people. Um, you sign up to this thing, you do, um, you, know, you do your induction. Um, you don't take any sort of... Uh, instruction off anybody from that that point forwards and you just kind of turn up maybe go on the maybe go on the bike for a little bit of time maybe go on the on the running machine and do a bit of walking and the rowing machine and not really actually knowing what you're doing or what you're trying to achieve um but just in having that mindset well i went to the gym i've got so obviously it was good um you know I, my father-in-law he, he goes to the gym once or twice a week something like that with one of his friends um and I make a joke of it really. He just he just goes there to have a chat with his mates. He doesn't really does. He comes back and he doesn't look like he's done a workout or anything like that. Um, we were due to go on holiday a couple of weeks ago, um, and I'd see he was coming with us. And I said to him, "I'll take you to the gym and I'll take you through one of our workouts, and then you know what it's what it's kind of like to do something." But yeah, for me, it was. I joined it and I was just going through the motions of ticking a box to say, yeah, I've been to the gym once a week or whatever, actually not achieving anything whatsoever apart from wasting time when, you know, there could have been better things to do. So um, that brings you up to the date of, uh, of seeing our Facebook ads. And I just thought of a, hmm. we have a parallel there because one I've mentioned before, actually about to me, Facebook advertising is a little bit like tracking you eating on my fitness pal and that it gives you actual data, actual cold hard information you can go off so that's really why over the years we've done 90 odd percent of our marketing through facebook firstly it gives us a good return on investment but more importantly perhaps than that is, is it's trackable i can see from the, the data that facebook provides exactly how many people saw our adverts how many people clicked on the link how many of those people then opted into the mailing list i can see how many of those people then booked into the briefing meeting how many of those people turned up how many of those people got started so i can see that return on investment i can see that for every pound spent on a Facebook ad that equates to X amount of membership down the line on average. And as long as that number there is bigger than that number there, it's fine. It, it, there's no real limit to how much is worth investing in that. Whereas with some of the marketing methods, perhaps it's not quite so trackable. Uh, you know, you send a flyer mail shot out there. And unless we specifically, someone tells us that they've joined because of that, we don't necessarily know how, how valuable it's been. So it's that cold hard data in much the same way as my fitness pal is. It's, it gives gives you actual numbers, actual data that you can work off and, and, and know where you're at. So anyway, you booked in for the briefing meeting. Uh, you then turned up, walked in the door for the first time. What what was that experience like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably, probably wind it back a little bit from there. Um, b- before before the briefing meeting, um, mother-in-law was going to come as well. Okay. Because um, that was a bit like you know, I want to go, do, do you want to come? Because she was, you know, looking to get, you know, do some do some fitness and, and get fit for holidays and stuff like that. Um, and she said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come down with you. And that, and that to me was like, okay, well, that's cool. A bit, of a bit of a safety net. I'll know somebody there, at least I can talk to somebody, whatever. And it came to the night and she decided that she didn't want to go. And I, I sat at home and I was like, well, that's just giving me the perfect excuse not to go. Um, and I was like, 
just something inside me though just went no just just go it's half an hour to an hour of your life listen to what they've got to say you don't have to sign up to anything just walk in the door listen to it sit at the back and you know and and i'll be honest most intention i probably i was just going to walk out and say okay i'll just go and listen to it this time and then maybe i'll join the next time whatever it may be Mm -hmm. um and I remember turning up, um, you know, parking the car park, walking there. Matt was there. Matt was like, just welcomed me. He said, oh, do you want a brew? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll, yeah, I'll have a brew. And it was kind of, it was odd. I was like, this doesn't look or feel like a gym. Um, but, but okay, fine. Um, so yeah, sat, sat down. Uh, didn't obviously know anybody in the room. There was quite a few people in the room. I'd probably say there was a good, I don't know, maybe 20, 20 odd people in the room at the time. So I was kind of sat at the back um and and yeah just just listen to to kind of what you guys had to say um obviously in the back of my mind i was i was there thinking you know okay what's what's kind of the cost there's there's got to be a cost somewhere what's or what that's going to be um and nothing that was said in there put me off um i'll be honest with you and there was a point in there where you you, you did like an icebreaker thing and it was like turn to the person next to you you know say your name say kind of why you're here and i always remember that i didn't do that because it was a there was the person that was kind of sat next to me was at the other side of the row and they were kind of talking to somebody else i was kind of sat there i was like okay well yeah whatever it's uh you know i'll just just kind of sit here and wait and then you kind of got into groups as well i think towards the end and kind of wrote on a whiteboard so i started talking to people and um and that was cool um i was like yeah okay so i just i thought well why not just let's just sign up and, and kind of see what happens next was um, anyone else in particular there that day uh, i can't remember the top of my head who else joined that month I can't remember. I mean, you know what my memory's like anyway. <laughs> Genuinely can't remember um, who was kind of there at the time. I know, I think um, uh, me and Andy Ritchie got quite friendly. Uh, we got quite a bit of a male bonding going on. We had it, you know, we were always there in the sessions, keeping each other going and stuff. I think he joined maybe maybe a couple of weeks after me, something like that, yeah. maybe a month or so. Same time, yeah. Like yeah, so it was, it was a similar sort of time. Um, but yeah, no, I can't, I can't remember anyone specifically. Uh, apologies if you were in that room. <laughs> and then obviously you got started. Uh, how did you find that whole experience the first few weeks? Obviously you have coaching day of your first sessions, mm-hmm. you have the initial soreness, the initial perhaps a little bit of confusion. How, how was that whole first few weeks? Yeah, I'd say, well, I always remember the first session, it was, uh, it was Andy, Andy Gregory took the first one. Oh, yeah. um, and it was, it, obviously the first ones are, you know, like the coaching day type sessions anyway, so they were they're not like the true, true sort of session, but mm-hmm. I turned up in, in all the gear, ready to go, um, which I had to buy, obviously, because I didn't have anything. Um, and I remember Andy trying to get me to do uh, squats. Uh, and I think I managed three half decent squats that he, he was happy with me doing uh, and then it came to doing press-ups and again even off the knees I think I'm, I struggled maybe to do one or two uh, proper down chest down type press-ups um, and I was he, he just even after that uh, coaching day style session um, I walked out and I was I was absolutely drained I was shocked I was like well if the normal sessions are a, a level above this I then started to think well am I actually going to be able to do this um, you know because it was clearly there was, I didn't actually notice anybody of my size that was that was in the coaching day thing or actually even in the welcome meeting. Uh, not that that would have actually put me off anyway, but, you know, from a fitness perspective, I was a bit like, mm, okay, I don't want to be the, the kind of the slowest person in the group. Um, and then it came to the, the kind of the proper sessions. And, yeah, they, they were a shock to the system. Um, uh, yeah, that first week, the, the pain, the, the leg pain was probably the worst. Um, 
you know, waking up in the morning, literally not being able to get out of bed. Um, but part of me was a bit like, well, that's that's good. That's that's kind of progress. So that, that's showing some things. I've not injured myself clearly uh, because nothing popped or went ping while I was doing it. This this is that morning after thing. And yeah, that, you know, for the first few weeks, that, that was the same thing. Um, I think I started off doing two or three sessions a week. Um, Joy, obviously I was, I was on the challenge as well. Um, trying to get a control of the diet. Uh, I'd say the first, the first sort of half of that eight week challenge was, was really good for me. Um, that, that's probably when most of the weight sort of came off for me. Um, and the sessions, you know, I was, I was doing kind of more on there, but I think it was up to about, I was doing about three sessions a week still at that point. So, yeah. Do you know why you were so sore those first few sessions? Uh, well, it's the dreaded doms, isn't it? <laughs> right, it's because you're a man. You didn't listen. We, we said we always advise go at 30 to 40 percent for the first few sessions. Uh, and women probably don't, to be honest. Women probably go at 60 percent. Most men look around, see someone else who may be vaguely similar size, shape, etc., doing something and think, oh, I can do that. Or think oh, I should do this amount of it and all that, and and maybe go at eighty percent, which obviously leaves you very sore, particularly in yep. those first few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, annoying. Well, I have that. <laughs> so you said the first four weeks particularly were perhaps where you made most of your progress. What hmm. changes did you make in that time frame in in your eating? Um, again, similar to Lee, it was it was all the jerf stuff at the time. Um, you know that that to me resonated really well. Um, you know, we, we started to eat a lot cleaner, um, you know, lot, lot of sort of eggs, lot of sort of chicken, steaks, that kind of thing, um, sweet potato, a lot more vegetables than, than kind of what we'd normally used to. Um, I'd say one of the biggest things was just, was sugar. Um, you know, after, I think I watched one of Matt's videos on what sugar actually does to you. Um, watching that the first two weeks coming off sugar was horrific. I mean, I, at the time I was, like I said, I was, I was obviously still working in IT, you know, having six, seven, eight coffees a day, all of them with at least two sugars in them. Um, you know, that, that was the kind of standard go-to. Um, so coming away from that was a, you know, the first two weeks was horrific. It was, I'd, I'd kind of liken it a little bit to what you felt when you were doing the Atkins diet. If I'm honest, it was similar sorts of feelings, but once you got past that two weeks, it was fine. The water consumption, that the, that was a big thing for me, water. Um, I'd never really focused on drinking water at all whatsoever. Um, but yeah, yeah, now it's just the normal thing. It's the normal go-to now for me. Um, you know, before it was, you know, Coke and lemonade and, you know, all the sweet stuff. Um, but yeah, it, drinking more and more water was a big thing for me in those, in that kind of first eight weeks, definitely. I think the, the word you use there that, that really hit the nail on the head is adjustment. Because I think for a lot of people it is an adjustment, but actually once they've made that adjustment, they don't find it necessarily any harder or potentially actually easier in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy as a coach to forget that as well, because some of those things that like I've drank, to be honest, water, I think I always drank a lot of water. Even as a kid, I always drank a lot of water. But I probably drank the volume of water I drink now on, a, on an average day for the best part of 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is easy to forget that there's an adjustment there. Um, but you made those adjustments. You said particularly those first four weeks, the, the progress came relatively quickly. Do you remember at the four-week mark uh, how much weight you'd lost or any other changes that you noticed? Um, no, I, I do know I was, I'm sure I was above where I needed to be in terms of being on track for the, the 20-pound challenge, um, which is kind of a blessing and a curse for me because that, that kind of demon was, was kind of there again for me. 
Um, and, you know, I, I, I openly admit this. I mean, I've said it in welcome meetings that I've done for you in the past that I didn't actually pass the £20 challenge within the eight weeks. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't, which sounds really odd and probably sounds really odd to a lot of people, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't pass it because... I'd have, I'd have known what I'd have done, what I'd have done. I'd have gone, okay, I've done that 20 pounds. That's great. Uh, that didn't cost me anything. Done that eight weeks. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, but I think sort of six weeks into it, I kind of had that realization where I thought, I'm going to mean, I'm not, I'm probably not going to hit this. I've kind of let things slip a little bit. I'd, I'd been out a couple of times, a few beers, things like that. Things had started to slip back within that time period. And I think I did. I don't know, you, you probably got it on record. I think I got to eight, 17, 18 pounds, I think I lost or something like that. 17, something yeah. on top of my head, yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously you haven't been ahead of schedule at week four hmm. to get into week six, thinking that you're not going to get there. You mentioned there, let a few things slip, but there must have been a, a reasonable difference between weeks one to four and then weeks five and six. Hmm. You mentioned a few beers. What what, what else would you say as, as you turned it slip back? Um, there's probably a, maybe a couple more cheap meals than, than maybe I should have done. Um, maybe there's a couple of Chinese in there that, that maybe shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened at the time. Um, and, and maybe there was, a, there was a little bit of complacency that, that kind of slipped in when, when really that, that focus should have maintained. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was just that. And I, I don't think it was a, a point of the, the training things were still going well, you know, six weeks into it, I'd probably started to go to more sort of four sessions a week, something like that. Um, and, you know, and I think I was, because I was in my own mind, I was on that, that path anyway, um, that if I carried on doing what I was doing, then I'd, I'd just about hit that, that kind of mark. Um, but no, unfortunately I didn't, I didn't do it. And uh, like I say, I'll, I'll always say I'm glad that I didn't because what it did make me do, it gave me another wake up call to go hang on a minute you've just spent all that time doing getting to where you've got to just to kind of throw it away in that last bit that that's not that's not cool um so i think i hit it like a couple of weeks later or something like that i got got to where that that 20 pound was um and yeah that that's that just that one thing i think for me made me stay um it was like okay actually you know what what everybody was saying was right i got complacent didn't hit the challenge when i should have hit the challenge and that's on me that's nothing that, that nobody's anybody's not told me or instructed me to do. I, I've I've done that, so yeah, it was a good thing. Cool. So that's good that worked for you. We could have gone either way that because we do get people who perhaps don't quite make the twenty pounds. Um, and whilst we very much put it across, this is the first eight weeks of the rest of your life, and it's not just about the twenty pounds. Not just about the eight weeks. For some people, that that perceived failure may cause them to to stop completely but for you it almost did the exact opposite hmm. you, you again you partly answered this in relation to sort of your mindset with these things but why would you say it, it it made you interpret it that way as opposed to the opposite um i think i think probably i mean to, to kind of put it in a way of saying what what made me carry on more so was uh, i'd say it was the, the kind of the people that i'd, I'd met there and kind of the friendships that had formed, um, like I mentioned before, um, in the early days, Andy Ritchie was there, and it was he was he, he was I wouldn't say he was unfit. Uh, obviously, he wanted to he wanted to be at the academy, he wanted to lose the weight, blah blah blah. Um, but we both kind of spurred each other on, so we'd be texting each other the night before or texting each other in the morning and and abusing each other. Um, I can when imagine one when one of us doesn't turn up and. And actually, when we were doing the sessions, 
um, we both kind of um, made them more enjoyable for each other. We'd have a laugh and actually we'd have, you know, the room as well. The room would be involved in that sort of stuff as well. And it, it kind of got to the point where I thought, this is more than just turning up to do exercise this this there's more to this um and that kind of just spurring each other on and and, and actually looking forward to going and enjoying it and, and having a laugh while you're doing it. it it was it was brilliant um you know yeah there was, there was some good times so you mentioned there you and andy sending each other a bit of abuse if you didn't turn up did you mm. not send each other abuse when you did turn up as well uh, yeah, always. It's just, it's always abuse. Just abuse, I was going to say. Just, it's, it's, not, it's not related to attendance or not yeah. attendance. It's just abuse. Yeah. He had a he had a very interesting selection of trainers that that always got a lot of abuse as well. So that that was uh, yeah, that was always fun. How many so. pairs of trainers did he have? Uh, it's several actually. Yeah, of, of varying different colours. I'm sure he just used to buy them just to just to give me a laugh, really. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So. I generally have one pair of trainers, kind of on the go so to speak in, in terms yeah. of like exercise trainers and by the time I've, I've finished them off I'll get an next pair um I don't think there's generally ever been much of an overlap on that but no okay. well it's, it's probably a good job that Jenny's can't or she might comment actually um the amount of trainers that I actually own it's it's actually quite ludicrous so uh, yeah there's always a new pair turning up at some point <laughs> I uh, I once watched um it was one of the uh, she was the general manager at the fitness first in Sheffield that I went on to become general manager of actually uh, a couple of years later so she's usually a general manager. I was a personal trainer there, and her and her husband appeared on a program called Five Things I Hate About You, where you had to try and catch your partner out doing one of these five things that you specified. Mm. And one of the things that she hated about him, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but <clears throat> it was just a <clears throat> thing that he did, was he collected the same trainer, just different variations of it. So it wasn't it wasn't the Reebok Classic, but let's say something like that. Uh, and she went around the house, opening cupboards, looking under the bed, and he had something like 112 different pairs of this same oh, trainer, wow. just all the different versions they'd ever released, but all in the boxes. He never wore any of them. He just collected them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite that bad. Each of their own. I do, I do struggle to throw away trainers, though. That, that, is, a, that is a problem. But well, the advantage I've got, and I say it's an advantage, it's not good, really. Uh, I've got slightly flattened feet they're not quite level so that my trainer always wears away in exactly the same spot uh, it's a different spot on both feet but same basic area consistently so it gets to the point where actually it's, it's kind of worn through then and they're, they're kind of not unusable and to be honest i do often save old pairs for say doing a born survivor or from painting or something like that but at that point they get replaced as the main trainer yeah. um so that's your first few months uh, and then obviously uh early thing there mentioned earlier was uh, as Lee did and as a number of people did you did Born Survivor very mm. early in your academy journey you'd been a member at that point for how many weeks uh, I I can't remember was it six weeks something like that I don't, Let's I can't say you, I, I'm assuming you must have started at the start of April uh, Born yeah. Survivor generally is the second weekend in May sometimes it's first so it's something like five or six weeks I would I think. Yeah. I'd have to double check but and uh, how did you find that <laughs> this is gonna sound really bad it's horrific um and i know a load of people will say um they enjoy it they think it's the best thing ever and they look forward to doing it i don't i, I genuinely don't i i think the the thing i look forward to the most um is finishing it <laughs> mm-hmm. um because and that's a good thing because actually the feeling that you get when you do that blitz and you get to the top and i always remember that that moment of of kind of um, us reenacting the uh, um, the moment with the, the kind of the hand of, what's the film? Forget the film. Predator. No, Predator, yeah. 
Arnie um, and uh, Carl Weathers. Yep. Um, of you dragging me over the top uh, of the Blitz, that that then, and climbing down the other side of that, apart from getting cramped when you get to the bottom, but apart from that, it, the, the feeling of just completing that is unbelievable. Um, but all the way around, the first time round that I did it, um, was kind of a bit more exciting, I would say. Um, so I was okay with it. I ended up with a group of people from the academy. Uh, we were having a laugh as we were going around. And actually, it, it was okay, to be honest. But, you know, some of the some of the obstacles are, are pretty tough. Um, I do tend to avoid the under-the-tire one. That, that, to me, just... Completely me I've not got... I don't think I've ever had claustrophobia, but the thought of that just just completely puts me off. So that's probably the only one I do skip. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, it is pretty horrific. But um, the the kind of the but like I say, the the finishing of it makes it so much worthwhile, and that's the only reason I, you know I signed up to do it again, and the only reason I did it again in two thousand seventeen. Second one, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wanted that feeling again. Um, but I also convinced two of my mates who were non-academy members to, to kind of join me as well. Um, Andy did it as well. Andy Ritchie did that one. So it was me, Andy Ritchie and two of my mates did it, um, which was quite entertaining because one of them was was uh, struggling a bit because he put running trainers on for the road, which just, if yeah, it's pointless. You just slip and slide everywhere. So that was quite funny. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's that feeling at the end for me. That, that, and that's what I'd pay for, and that's what I'd absolutely do it again. But if anybody asked me, did you enjoy it? No, no, because it's it's cold, it's wet, it hurts, yeah. um, it's a struggle, but it's worth it. it and that's understandable. I think even those that have said that they've loved it haven't necessarily loved the actual, almost the doing of it. It's the sort of mm -hmm. thing that you'd never do it by yourself. And if you did do it by yourself, it'd be awful. I, you wouldn't enjoy it in the slightest. You enjoy the fact that you've been able to do it that it's a representation perhaps of, of how far you've come over the last mm. however many weeks, months and years to be able to do something like that, um, of the position you've got yourself in to do it, of, of the, the teamwork and all that sort of side of it. That's, that's, that's it, really. The actual doing of the event isn't necessarily all that enjoyable, but... No, I'd say yeah. definitely, this, definitely the second time around, um, definitely felt different. Um, you know, from a fitness perspective, um, just from a, a body strength side of things. We've been a um, member 10 times as long at that point. Exactly, yeah. So it was <laughs> definitely noticeable, definitely noticeable at that point. Um, you know, the, 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 just the running aspect of it. I mean, I'd done a bit of running as well in uh, kind of the lead up to the second time around. Um, but obviously the, the strength side of things, being able to pull your own body weight over things and stuff like that felt a lot easier than what it did that kind of first time around. So, yeah. That was good. I know. And again, I was looking forward to doing it again to see, because obviously we've been doing quite a lot of kind of strength training in the past sort of 12 months. Um, and I was interested to see what that was going to look like um, this time around. But obviously, unfortunately, we uh, couldn't do it. To me, that again, is that's quite a nice um, a representation of the progress that you've made. So whilst being able to lift dumbbells up and down is, is great and getting them progressively heavier is, is brilliant pulling yourself over things lifting yourself over stuff that almost more primal uh, representation of an increase in strength i find more rewarding you know finding that your body is now capable of doing certain things it wasn't capable of doing before to me at least and for many people i know is more powerful and more motivating than just being able to lift a dumbbell in the same way but just a bit heavier than it used to be yeah totally agree i mean I, you know a couple of examples of that um i do like to think i can do a bit of diy now and again um, and you know, I, I do cut the grass every now and again and stuff like that. And you know, if I think back to the times when I was a lot bigger and a lot more unfit, um, those tasks 
I'd, I'd struggle to do, you know, I'd struggle to cut the grass. I'd, I'd struggle to do that sort of stuff. And even today, um, we've been wanting to change the, the flooring in the hallway. Um, and I thought, you know, now, now's the day that I'm going to rip up the flooring. Probably a bit premature, knowing that I can't actually lay the new flooring because I've no idea what I'm doing and I can't pay somebody to come and do it. So probably a bit of a mistake, but I, I started it anyway. Um, and I think what I realised while I was doing that is that, you know, I was lifting up wood that was probably, the wood was it was really sort of thick, good three, four centimetre thick um, blocks of wood. Um, and I was just ripping it up just you know tearing it or breaking it and just doing it and I thought to myself that that felt good it, you know that like having to have that strength to be able to do that um you know and then not feel completely shattered at the end of it it was a, it was a good feeling carried all the wood outside um and still felt perfectly fine um knowing that probably if I'd have tried to do that three four years ago well I wouldn't have done it but that would have been simple I just wouldn't have done it so yeah is good. Have you, have you noticed the those changes in any other aspects? So for example, obviously being, being a father there to Maisie, do you notice any difference in the way you're able to keep up with her, do stuff with her? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I mean, she's she's quite active anyway. She does she does a lot of cheerleading, um, a lot of trampolining and, and things like that. Um, you know, we've we've started to do a bit more sort of bike rides and stuff like that. Um we you know, we went swimming, started to go swimming every Saturday right up until the point of, of kind of lockdown, um, you know. So, you know, she, she's not into football and, and running around fields and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, just just doing a TikTok videos and, and lifting her in the air and, and stuff like that. It's kind of a little bit, a um, little bit of a workout for me as well, I suppose, uh, when she wants me to do all these, these weird and wonderful things with her. And, you know, there's been many a time where we've been practicing her routine. Uh, for cheerleading and, and I'm, I'm playing a bass you'll know what a bass is I'm sure most people do but uh, I'll play the bass and she'll she'll do the do the cheerleading and stuff like that so yeah it's been good to be able to to kind of do that and not go no Maisie I can't do it obviously there's sometimes where I go well my back's killing me or whatever um but yeah generally on the whole it's 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 but I think the thing for me though I've never thought I've never let that be an issue i've never let that stop me anyway to be honest but it is just easier um i'm sure i've been getting more more into tiktok recently so uh izzy my stepdaughter is the same age as Maisie james's daughter same school year um and we joke sometimes about tiktok having the past and the first however many times i saw tiktok it seemed pretty rubbish to me mm. uh i get ads in my facebook feed for tiktok that are supposedly funny videos where i'm like i, I don't actually get what the joke is there it's not even like I get it and don't think it's funny I don't see why anyone would find that funny and Ollie my eldest son sends me funny videos on TikTok that I'm much the same with I'm like it's not, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it whereas Izzy is very much into people putting videos on of them doing some sort of skill so it might be a trampoline and she's recently got into a lot of paint ones which are really interesting she was showing me one earlier of this guy suspended these different paint cans uh, by a presumably a string from the ceiling and also suspended below that was the canvas. And he set the canvas going in one sort of circle and the paintings all going in different directions, leaking onto it. And it made the most amazing, beautiful pattern. And I thought that's fantastic. That's, that's really interesting. That's someone who's got a skill, who's doing something and, and finding the platform to share it with the world. So I'm getting more into TikTok now than I used yeah. to be. TikTok yeah. dancers as well, they're quite good fun. 
Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've not done um, any of Bernie's workouts with Zoom, so she's not seen me dancing in my conservatory, but it's it, it's pretty horrific. I'm, I'm that, sure that's terrible. It, my Izzy, she's a really good dancer hmm. in a way that I never will be. I'll, I'll give it a go, but I just can't move my body in that way. Oh, and she's constantly like, no, move, move your hips, move your hips. And I'm, like, I'm trying to move my hips. Hmm. It's not that I don't get it. I, I know what you're saying. I can see their hips are moving. I can see how your hips are moving. I'm trying to move my hips in the same way. It just, they, don't, they just don't, they don't do that. There's lots of other cool stuff my body can do, but dance related things is, isn't one of them. No, no, amazing to say, mate. Maisie can dance. I mean, Jenny, Jenny can as well. She'll, she'll kill me for telling you that. But uh, yeah, she's got tons and tons of trophies for when she used to do dancing uh, in the early years. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I can't definitely, unless I've had six or seven pints and then absolutely, I am the best dancer. Presumably at that point, your dancing is no better than normal, possibly worse. It's just your your interpretation of it has changed. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So obviously that's a couple of things that I mentioned there, but we've got we've got four years of academy membership there. What other mm. uh, bits have been particular highlights for you? Um, particular highlights. Um, the one of the big ones that probably sticks out is the uh, the boot camp fitness thing. Um, you know, I think I've mentioned it to you a couple of times about, you know, looking at what could be the next stage, maybe, maybe look into coaching at some point or being some kind of um, uh, substitute coach, uh, kind of, you know, obviously I've got quite a, quite a hectic, busy job, um, but obviously, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of wanting to, to kind of help out. Um, I think one of the first things you talked to me about was doing the bootcamp fitness session, mm-hmm. uh, which I did um and yeah that that was that was a that was a tough day that is you know if if anybody wants to have a a really grueling day of working out that that is that is it <laughs> that is really tough um but yeah I, I went through that um it kind of opened my eyes to, to kind of what coaching could be uh Faye was there as well she was doing a refresher course uh, which was cool because she kind of helped me out through through some of those bits and pieces in there and Claire was doing it as well at the same time um, I've not progressed that yet, so my plan was to, to kind of pick that up this year um, and do the, the kind of the level two piece, which would then get me to that that kind of qualified state. So that that is one hundred percent on the card. So I'm I'm still going to progress that and do that once once all of this is this is kind of passed over. Um, and yeah, that that was good. Um, probably some of the other things, just you know, in terms of doing PBs and, and kind of weightlifting and and that side of things. Obviously, as I mentioned before, that probably the last six to twelve months. Uh, in fact, probably prior to doing that, I was um, I'd hit a plateau as everybody does. Um, I'd hit the point where I was doing, you know, doing the five sessions a week. Um, I, my diet wasn't particularly great, but it wasn't particularly bad either. Um, and I was I was definitely plateauing at that point, and I'd probably plateau for a good good three or four months, something like that, um, maybe even longer actually the weight was was kind of dipping and going up a little bit and dipping and, and just not really not really going where I needed it to be um and I noticed that you and uh, Lee were, were were doing more and more sessions in the morning uh, in kind of the weight room it's always been something that had interest me uh, was to kind of get in there but I was always a little bit apprehensive about about doing that um I think you offered a, a kind of like a one-to-one session for, for kind of members just a you know 15 20 minutes of do whatever you want to do type of thing and I said to you oh, can we just do something in the weights room or something um so I did that with you and just learn how to use the rack learn how to do um kind of bench press and stuff like that and then I had a, a couple of sessions with Matt as well on that uh, about squats and deadlifts about how to do it safely and how to set things up um and I never really did any more than that I was like okay I've I kind of 
interested in doing more of that but I'll, I'll just carry on doing some more sessions and maybe I'll, I'll do something in there then I started doing Saturdays I think on my own um where I just set up my own little thing and I'll just just doing the four three or four main lifts um and again not really kind of pushing myself uh to to, to do that so again the plateauing wasn't wasn't being affected there uh, and like I say then I noticed you and you and kind of Lee doing doing the 6am sessions um in the weights room um and eventually you kind of convinced me to come in there for a couple of sessions and then that kind of switched um much to the disgust of most of the 6amers and I apologize sorry um but at that point I kind of made that switch to doing pretty much full-time uh, in that weights room and then that became the new banter if you like the thing that kind of kept you going so between me you and and, and kind of Lee there those those 6am sessions became the norm um and I think you know lifting some of the weights that we were lifting in there all kind of helping each other out and, and kind of doing that and then we did the we obviously tried to do that challenge the million million was it a million kilos million kilo lift yeah, million, million kilo lift um i think we got to six seven hundred kilos something like that I, I i blame lee having having lucy there that's what derailed it yeah that derailed it you disappeared it's like three days from the end of the month and we were a couple of hundred thousand behind but that, that's yeah. probably what we were doing yeah you disappeared for a bit as well i think you had something with your elbow or something again i don't oh, know i did didn't i was that, I was yeah, in my elbow yeah i was the only one there every day trying to you, get you to were me. yeah you'd be the backbone of that challenge weren't you? Was. i thought that um but yeah i don't think it disappeared with my elbow i think i kept coming in but i was limited as to what i could do i don't think i missed a workout did i uh, it was a couple of times a couple of times i think mm. yeah <laughs> okay um i was there in spirit at least yeah definitely um but yeah yeah you know do, doing doing that and then i think you know building up to to kind of the deadlifts that we were doing i think I've, i'm at about 136 138 something like that now um which you know, considering I was I was happy when I was doing a hundred, it's um, yeah, it's it's a good thing, um, and I enjoy that now. That that is one of the one of my biggest drivers now is to kind of keep pushing those numbers up uh, as much as I can. Um, and yeah, there was uh, since doing that, there's definite improvement from a fitness perspective. Um, you know, definitely definitely built muscle since then. Um, I'm less concerned, I would say, probably with overall weight, if, if I'm honest, and you know. That, that is what it is you know I know that I've got a lot of weight that I could still lose um but it, it no longer kind of bothers me um I know it's there and I know I need to do do more and I know what I need to do um and it's it's interesting what you've been saying in a lot of the the kind of the videos and kind of the messaging that you've been putting out there of people saying I know what I need to do I just need to do it um because I say that a hell of a lot and I do, I genuinely do. I, you know, I've, I've read a lot of stuff. I've listened to a lot of books. I know the science behind everything, the whole tracking thing, calorie deficit. I, I, I like to think I know most things about it. There's probably a hell of a lot more I can learn. Um, and yeah, it, it is that, it is that old adage, you know, it's knowing what you need to do, but actually then just putting that into action and doing it. Um, I think I know when I do, when I do slip up now and again, um, and it does happen, particularly at the minute that I would honestly say that the, the drinking has increased uh, during this lockdown period, but not to any excess whatsoever. I mean, I'm, I'm literally talking maybe one or two beers a week and maybe at the weekends I might have, you know, a couple of beers and maybe two or three gins or something like over the whole period of the weekend. So it's not like I'm getting smashed every night or anything like that, but it's a, it's a marked increase over what I'm kind of used to. Um, but offsetting that with the fact that, you know, I've, I've committed to, to do at least three runs a week um, and I want to make sure that I'm hitting over 10 K's worth of runs every, every week to the point where I'll, I'll 
run a 10k again i have done a 10k but um you know i want to get to that point again um so again it's that deficit thing isn't it it's like it's yes i'm drinking a bit more i'm going to blend it out i'm going to eat a little bit better during the week uh, and i do eat I genuinely eat better a lot better actually um since the lockdown i'd say um my diet is probably a lot better while i'm at home um when i'm in the office there's a kind of a restaurant cafe thing on the science park sells burritos sells all sorts of stuff that really you know is is okay but it's massively high in calories um you know i drink a lot more coffee while i'm in the office uh, so actually there are some positives to, to kind of working from home permanently at the minute so which is great that's a similar story to what most people are, are telling me and actually i've found myself in some parts of that is that lockdown for many people not, not everyone obviously has meant that they're eating better as you might call it on their, their normal meals so their main meals particularly perhaps their evening meal is perhaps on average more more fresh food more veg more lean meat etc than it may have been before uh but also at the same time most people are drinking more um i did put a post in the group on i think it was friday morning about drinking encouraging people to reach out to me and that's instigated some really great conversations from some people about the situation they're currently in or the situation perhaps they've been in for years or decades which hopefully the continuation of those conversations is going to help them make some progress on that uh, and a lot of people are finding snacking as well even mm. even more of an issue than normal because i think when you're in the house all day every day and there's food there it's a lot more tempting perhaps than it would be on a, on a normal day so hopefully people are managing to find some sort of balance of that between eating better at meal times and finding some degree of perhaps damage limitation on the drinking and the snacking and perhaps offsetting like that, like you have there with some other exercise options. Um, I think the key message I really try to get across as well is that everyone's lockdown is going to be different. So for some people, based on what's going on in their lives, it might actually be the best period they've ever had. Uh, I know some people are setting personal bests in, in running now. Their eating's never been as good. They've never had more time to, to focus on their nutrition. For some people, it's a really really hard time and they're doing their best to maybe at best stand still to, to, to float where perhaps they would have sunk like a stone under other circumstances i think that's the, the key really is to to make it not not the best it can be under the circumstances but better than it could have been otherwise yeah. anyway yeah i agree with that I, yeah i think mentioned uh, there obviously about a plateau in uh, and, and you know a bit of two steps forward one step back uh, exercise wise over the last four years and you've mentioned in particular parts there what your eating was like what would you say was there much of a pattern in terms of changing to the eating over the over the years in terms of maybe again getting complacent maybe plateauing maybe getting better and worse or was that a bit more consistent um i'd say the eating side of things the biggest thing for me is the education and the awareness of, of kind of what I'm eating. Um, you know, I, I used to think nothing of just eating what I wanted when I wanted. Um, you know, I, I don't uh, now I won't, I won't restrict myself. So if I do want to have something, then I will have it, but I'll, I'll know, I'll know what I'm doing. It's a case of, I'll know that I'm making you know if we go to a nando's let's say um you know i'll try and make sure that i'll choose something that's that's a slightly better option uh, most of the time but some of the time i will have the peri peri chips because they are amazing <laughs> simple as that um and i'm not going to feel guilty about it but i think i'm aware of what i'm doing it is kind of the biggest thing for me um and knowing that you know just because i've had that nando's at lunch 
then that doesn't then mean that, well, don't write off the rest of the day or the rest of the week. It's like, no, okay, you've done that. That's fine. But make sure you've recorded it. And then you'll know that when you come to the end of the day and I do it, you know, sometimes when I'm laying in bed at night and I look at my phone and go, okay, I'm, you know, 200 calories over where I needed to be. And it's only Tuesday. Fine. That's a good thing because I've got time there to kind of bring that back over the seven days. Um, and then it's, you know, not, not feeling guilty about it. Cause I think if you feel guilty about it, you then feel negative anyway. And you feel negative and it's like, well, I'll just have a beer then stuff it. It's like, whatever day's gone anyway. So, you know, and it's, it's making sure you recognize that if you do make those choices, fine, just make sure you do something about it that, you know, own, own the fact that you've made that decision to eat, eat whatever you've eaten. Um, I've got a massive sweet tooth. Um, some people may have seen what I posted on Facebook a few weeks ago, which was, um, it was, I forget what they're called now. Um, it's basically a pick and mix bag. Um, I love sweet stuff like that. And uh, Maisie doesn't tend to eat a lot of it. Jenny doesn't tend to eat a lot of it. And they, you know, for 15 pounds, you can have a, a kilo of pick and mix. Um, and yes, it's the sugar. Yes, it's all the bad stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I just limit it. It's as simple as that. It's stuff, you know, every now and again, I'll just have something and just that, that kind of just spurs you on again i suppose at that point um that's, yes that, that's fine if you make the average work and you hit the nail on the head there with actually one of the things you said there and that's very much the way i choose to see tracking my food hopefully a mindset i can get people towards is that i think people find start with the idea of tracking their food to be restrictive to take to take the enjoyment to take the fun out of eating i actually think if anything it, it makes it just fun it means that mm. you don't have to feel guilty you can just enjoy it you can just take pleasure from it because you know you can average it out elsewhere. Whereas without that knowledge, without that, that that data there, those those cold hard facts, it's tempting to beat yourself up to think, like you said before, you need to write it off, to think that you've failed, etc. Which to me is less enjoyable because the the actual physical sensation is going to be the same either way. The change in enjoyment level is only then really in what's going on in our head before, during, and after. Mm-hmm. And if what's going on in our head before, during, and after can be, I'm just going to enjoy this because I know I can make it work that makes it more enjoyable. Hmm. That's, that's my way of seeing it anyway. Um, so that pretty much brings us up to date. Obviously, we've been in lockdown now for, what are we on now, seven weeks? Seven weeks now, yeah. yeah and you've been doing a lot more running during lockdown. How's that been going? Yeah, good. Again, it's one of those things I absolutely hate doing. But um, again, it's that feeling of when I've run back onto our estate, it's that feeling of elation of going, right, okay, let's look at the data. I'm a massive freak when it comes to looking at data so i can't wait to get it uploaded to strava look at what my my, my analysis is and the gaps and stuff like that so i love i love doing stuff like that um i've i've continued with 6am so i've attended um pretty much all the 6am sessions maybe one or two that i've, I've kind of missed but um my route, routine is key for me so making sure i'm sticking to some form of routine so that for me looks like 6am session whatever that session is and then the three times a week monday wednesday friday that's when i'll do a run uh, monday being a, a bit of a you know maybe two or three k then i'll try for a bit more of a distance run on a wednesday and then just a bit maybe a two or three k on a friday um that i have to have that routine um you know i'll get back i make my coffee at the same time uh go and have a shower at the same time i'm on calls with work from sort of quarter past eight in the morning um and that's that's a bit tough you know the, the the constant being on the phone and being doing on teams calls all day is is exhausting um and i spoke to a guy about it actually he's um 
Uh, he's a he's a coach, uh, Rick Moylan. Um, you yeah. Him, yeah. So I was talking to him last week, and he was explaining to me about he'd read an article um, about why people get so tired doing doing calls and doing teams and stuff like that. Um, and it's to do with your brain goes into overdrive when you're on a on a video call um, because it's constantly trying to you know when you're in a meeting if we were face to face now um, I'd be able to easily judge your kind of um, facial expressions and you know body language all that kind of stuff it's a lot more difficult on a video um so your brain kind of goes into overdrive trying to work out what everybody's thinking what everybody's you know feeling that kind of thing so when you're on a, a multiple conference call your brain's doing that constantly uh, and that's the bit that, that kind of exhausts you so i'm getting to three o'clock in the afternoon and i'm just completely drained um and it's because of that mainly um so it's about you know making sure you're taking the breaks don't do back-to-back calls which is what i have been doing a lot of recently um you know make sure you've got that break make sure you stand up plenty of water all that sort of stuff all those kind of things very does a good point there as well that i find is a, is a, a useful change in mindset that people often have when they go on to successes is the value of at least some degree of routine because again i know people often initially find those the concept of routine and structure and things being at set times and planning to be a bit boring, a bit restrictive. They maybe feel it takes all the fun out of things. And again, to me, it, it puts the fun in perhaps elsewhere by having that routine and structure. You get done the stuff that kind of just needs to get done. It gets done as easily as quickly as possible uh, and you get the results from it. And then you've then got an amount of time or money or mental focus left over for the other stuff. So it's not about every single aspect of your life being absolutely dialed down, but it's about perhaps getting certain things in place things that perhaps otherwise you just try and fit in and therefore don't get fitted in or perhaps a little bit more planned structured scheduled do get done and then you've got the rest of the 168 hours for something a bit more flexible shall we say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i agree with that there's past, past 9 a.m most days there's no structure to what i do whether it's in the week or at weekend but 100% that 6am it has to happen the, the thought of not doing a workout at 6am to me is is just completely alien now um you know the, 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 it's one of the first things i think about is you know when we were going to go on holiday um yeah, we were we were meant to be staying in a villa in orlando um and i made sure that where we were staying there was, there was either a gym on site or within somewhere or at least something that I could do, whether it's a run around the complex or whatever. Um, and yeah, that that's that's more of that, not, not more important, but it's massively important to me because I've got to, even if it was over there, I'd still be doing 6 a.m. on holiday. Were you supposed to be having a holiday in Orlando that you couldn't get to, but you've not mentioned that? I've not mentioned it, no. Uh, I wasn't aware. No, I've still not had my money back either, which is the sickening thing about it. So, so uh, as a fundamental thing, I think from what you said there and from obviously knowing your story, um, it's clear that whilst you've still got a, a direction that you're moving in and not quite where you want to be, overall, being at the academy has been forward progress. It's been the thing that's worked for you, whereas things perhaps in the past haven't. Oh, massively. What would you say has been the difference? Why has this worked for you, whereas things haven't before? Um, it's the people, 100% the people. It's um, it's the coaches. I'm not going to say it's you because you, you don't need to hear that. <laughs> um, it's the people, definitely. It's the other members, all of a similar mindset. Um, the coaches, coaching staff, you know, can't fault any of them whatsoever. Um, the, the, the kind of the consistent messaging that we get, um, it, it's just, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't think of what life would be like if it didn't exist. Um, you know, the thought of going to a, you know, a Globo gym type thing now would just be, I wouldn't do it. 
as simple as that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd do the same thing. I'd sign up and maybe go once or twice. But the thing for me that gets me up at 6am every morning, um, it, it is the people and it is, it's doing that. that. That is the key thing. It'd be interesting to see when we return to normal, whatever that looks like after lockdown, what happens to what you might call your Globo gyms. Mm. What I'm reading there, the, the mid-level ones are probably the ones that are going to be hit the hardest. Uh, and I think they have actually really over the last 10 years or so anyway, people generally either want to go as cheap as humanly possible uh, and therefore you don't get as much for it, but that's fine. That's, that's what they accept. Or people are willing to pay a bit more for a bit more support and systems and structure and, and, and service and coaching or whatever it is. But those gyms that are, say, 35 to £45 pound a month, I'd be interested to see if this is perhaps a thing that, that finishes off that model, mm -hmm. perhaps. But we'll see. We'll yeah, yeah, I mean, you do see it. I mean, I, you know, on the runs that I've been out on, um, there's a few people out exercising now. And I think people have realised that actually, you, you know, and I think I think what I hit home when, I, you know, me and Maisie rode through the park. Um, we've, done, we've done it a couple of times on the weekends. We kind of ride through the park. There is more people out doing something active. I think when it's taken away from you and they kind of say to you, okay, well, you can go and do an hour's worth of exercise. I think people, oh, I'll go and do my hour's worth of exercise. When actually... They've probably never did that before, but because they've been told there's an opportunity that you can go and do something, I think people are taking it. And whether the, you know, whether most people are just going for a walk, actually, people are probably more active at the minute than than maybe they have been ever. Um, you know, people are actually getting out there because they need to get out, they want to get out for their own sanity. So I think people are forcing themselves out. And you know, like I say, when I've been out for runs, definitely more people out running, definitely more people out on bikes and things like that. So. Yeah, like you say, that that kind of mid-level gyms that are there that maybe those people would normally have gone to, they'll probably realise actually no, we don't, we don't need to be paying forty-five pound a month. I've got a park on my doorstep and I can just go and do something there. So, mm. yeah, maybe we shall see. We shall see. Mm. Right, so guys, watching on Facebook now. I'm just going to go through the comments we made there so far. If you are watching, you've probably got like an extra couple of minutes until we're completely done. If there's anything else you want to ask Jamie about his experience at the academy. Uh, any humorous observations you want to make like for example Lee's first comment at the start of the video was the back of Jamie's chair looks like he has a mullet going on oh that's my gaming chair sorry <laughs> does it do stuff does it like has he got speakers in the uh, head no no it's just like a racing car type seat <laughs> okay is it comfy no after about two hours it's, it's quite uncomfortable but what's, what's the point of then I don't know it just okay. looks good. It looks comfy, but and it feels comfy when you first sit down in it. But yeah, after a couple of hours, the lower. It's a little bit like the uh, Emperor's chair in Star Wars. It, it is. Yeah, it's got a little joystick here that I can just do that. You start phone. your Microsoft Teams calls like at work, facing the opposite way, and like turning. Oh, that's a mastermind. It's yeah. a mastermind. Yeah. Just turn into shot. It does fully recline as it reclines, and it's got a bit that comes out. So when I'm doing a, a Teams call, I just have to listen. I kind of fully recline it and do that. So that's quite cool. Okay, Leanne says, hi, Jamie, at the start. Uh, Lee says, chicken fried rice with gravy. You think you know someone. <laughs> uh, it is actually maize. disgusting. But it is disgusting. Um, but I didn't like curry at the time. And Jenny said it was a good idea. And when we first had it, it was like, wow, this is amazing. We're really onto something. We weren't. Have you had it recently? Is it, is yeah. it still nice? No, I think the last time we had from Brown Street, it, it was disgusting and i'll say that about a lot of the food that we used to eat a lot of oh god i mean the thought of even like having sugar in tea and coffee now it just knocks me sick it's oh the, the amount of 
and particularly Brown Street. You know, we, we used to love that place. Um, but yeah, no, cut just so salty, so just oh, disgusting, horrible. There's a number of things like that. Like when I was a kid, we used to on a Saturday we'd we do the, the weekly big shop, and we'd usually go to the chip shop in the, in the marketplace in Ashbourne, and I'd usually have uh, either fish and chips or perhaps more often the, like the deep fried battered burger and chips, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was delicious, mm. um, and I probably haven't had that now for like I, I'll have them um, chip shop fish. That's still all right. But probably the last time I had those type of like deep fried soggy chips was probably about, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. And the last yeah, few yeah. times I had it, I was like, this is actually foul. I'm not enjoying this in the slightest. And that burger as well, thinking back about that deep fried battered burger, I don't think I could get more than a mouthful or two into it nowadays. Chippy chips. I kind of disagree. I do like chippy chips now and again. But uh, yeah. It's a two, they're, really, they're really soggy type. If they're a bit firmer, I, I do yeah. like chips. Firmer, crisper type chips, soggy, fat yeah. filled ones. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so on compliment, uh, commenting on uh, Jenny's account, Maisie has said, I don't even know what number that is, 100 million pairs? <laughs> Trainers, it's, a, it's a lot of numbers. How many zeros? So let's see, that's thousands, that's millions. 100 million, I was right. Look at that, 100 million pairs. Uh, Maisie, and then love you, Daddy. Lee says, loving this pod, not embarrassed to say that I found a true kindred spirit in Jamie. And the biggest compliment I can pay you, aside from your own achievements, is you make me want to lift more, you make me want to do more reps, and more recently, you make me want to run further and faster. Hashtag RR92 for life. Oh, <laughs> oh. beautiful comment. <laughs> I just I think he could have finished off by saying that. you complete oh. me at the end. That would have that would have, that would have done it then. Yeah, it would have done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex, my wife Alex says I need a chair that reclines and missed the first half, but love listening to the rest. Thanks for sharing, Jamie. Uh, I believe Alex is upstairs chilling in the bath. She's got Charlie down. She's uh, we've agreed that after I finish this, we'll have timed it so Charlie's down. Uh, she'll have had a bath and we can actually spend some time just the two of us which is relatively mm -hmm. rare to say we live together and uh, at the moment are going out very very little there's very little time in amongst sorting all the kids out where we have time for just the two of us so that'll be nice mm -hmm. uh guys watching on facebook any other comments coming in i'll just give the last refresh to see if anyone's mentioned anything no that's brought us up to date if I'm supposed to be not drinking, then I've, I've just realised that you've got full view of my vast array of gin. <laughs> are, they, are they all gins, are they? Yeah. yeah. Even the ones that are, like, horizontal pointing um, out, are they gin or wine? No, the few of those are, like, mixers, and um, it's all spirits. There's no wine in there, so it's mainly mixers and, uh, and yeah, various collections of vodka. Friday, Friday night, um, myself and Alex, my wife, did uh, an NCT, the National Childbirth Trust group that we were part of when Charlie was born. We did a, a, a get together on Zoom, like a quiz and just a general chat and catch up. So there's a quiz there to give it a bit of structure, but it's that's just a bit of fun in amongst it. And one of the rounds that one of the couples had put together was uh, 80s and, and a lot of my 90s as well, to be honest, drinks. So there'd be, for example, a bottle of um, hooch. Mm. K or it wasn't Smirnoff Ice, we got that one wrong, but it was something similar. Smirnoff the, uh, the name on the label blurred out. Mm. Uh, Bacardi Breezer was one of them. Um, that was a really interesting round, brought, brought, brought back a lot of memories. 
Castaway. Castaway, yeah, Castaway was one of them, I think. Did you yeah. ever do the, um, the Blast Away? Yeah, that, that was that what we had. What was I it with? Cider? Uh, it, was, it was a Castaway mixed with um, was it Diamond White, I think. Diamond White sure. Side. Yeah, it doesn't sound quite half. right either, but it was, it, was, yeah, it was a castaway mixed with something else, wasn't it? Yeah, I never did it, obviously. Obviously no. not. No. no. Flaming Sambucas, I remember doing them. Mm. Well, I can't stop. On like, your forehead, stuck, stuck yeah. to your forehead. Oh, no. No. <laughs> what was the uh, Advocar as well? You could set oh, fire to that bad. and stick it to your body. Yeah, that sounds a bit posh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aftershocks, that was one of them. We got Aftershocks, Aftershocks straight away. Yeah. That, that was yeah. probably one of my claim to fame with me and my mates. We drunk the Millstone Dry one night of uh, Aftershock to the point where the landlord just, just gave us the rest of the bottle. It was like we just kept going up for shots and he was sick of pouring them, so he just gave us the rest of the bottle. So, yeah, that was a that was a long night. <laughs> uh, 2020 was one in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll, it's funny, um, I, I first got drunk, like, drunk drunk i was 13 it was late night shopping in ashbourne and i brought a bottle of 2020 god knows how i bought a bottle of 2020 when i was 13 years old mm. and i drank it all to myself passed out of my friend's house and put me in the recovery position uh and amazingly i think ollie will be 13 so that's the age he'll be you know, it was a couple of years off still but sam my nephew turned 14 a couple of days ago and he lives in the same house that i used to live in at that point um and i just can't imagine him I'm doing that yeah. No. So some of the stuff that I think was not not okay, but a bit more commonplace in the early to mid nineties. I think hopefully today's youngsters are a bit more sensible, maybe. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more. There's a lot. I think a lot more freedoms. I remember when we were on a bike ride with Maisie at weekend, and I said, um, you know, when I was her age, ten years old, I'd get on my bike at you know half eight, nine o'clock in the morning, and I'd be gone all day. Mum and Dad know no idea where I was. Um, but the thought of that with Maisie, no, that's not happening. I mean, she's going out on a bike, she's going out on a bike with me until she's at least 18. So, I do yeah. find myself saying stuff now that makes me feel like an old man. So, sort of stuff my dad used to say to me. So, um, my nephew, I mentioned before, he's just turned 14 and he keeps saying about wanting to have some money. So, does Ollie, who's 11. Uh, and to Sam, particularly, Ollie's still a bit young, but Sam, I keep saying, just get a job, get some work. So I can't work. I'm only 13, 14. And I point out that I started working for granddad, my dad, when I was 12. Uh, and I talk about what I used to do work-wise and how I used to go up on the farm and how I used to cycle here and there. And I, and I think this is what my dad used to say to me yeah. when I was younger about how he used to have to walk five miles and then get a bus and then a bike or whatever to get to school and back. And I used to roll my eyes when he was telling me that sort of stuff. I, and I catch myself doing the same to him. Yep. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Every generation, I'm sure, do the same. Yep. Sure do. Right, guys. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for that, Jamie. Uh, gone on for 70 minutes there. Always interesting to hear people's stories. Uh, a lot of that I was aware of, a few things in there that I wasn't. Hopefully those people listening to this either live tonight or later on in the actual podcast version of it will have found it useful. I think the overwhelming thing that people get from the podcast is hearing the story of a, a real-life member because we're, we're more than aware that although we are normal, I use that term loosely, people, People don't necessarily see us in that way. When you, when you work in fitness, they see, hello, Maisie. Hello. hello. How are you? you? Okay. How many pairs of trainers does Daddy own? A hundred million. A hundred million, that's a lot. Uh, people find it useful to hear that story of a, of a, a person they may um, identify with a little bit more and how they've overcome the challenges or, or the fact perhaps it's not just been straight 
overcoming of challenges. It's been that two step forward, one step back, two step forward, and how that's absolutely fine. And that's really for, for the vast majority of the population what success looks like. It's that keeping on going. So hopefully you guys got a lot from that. Thank you for your time, Jamie. Nice, no, nice to you. see you it's as well, good. Maisie. Been good. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. Awesome. Right. Cheers, guys. Take care. Bye. bye. See you later.